It is a DMV football roundtable and plenty more on this edition. I'm Frank Hanran. Chris Chian, Jamal Bowens joins me on a beautiful Friday in the nation's capital. Summer is almost here. And guys, that means that football is is closing in. What is it, 100 days away from (laughs) the the, the clash of the pads coming back together with training camp? A couple notes I want to hit on before we uh, really take a deep dive into a lot of uh, different topics here. Uh, A, it came out that Washington is going to uh, Richmond for training camp for only a week, though. So I'm not sure exactly what that that's going to accomplish for just one week. Because back in the days, Jamal and Chion can relate to this. He's he's old enough to remember training camp is you went away basically for for a month and you got yeah, better. Yeah. Uh, and you that's how you had uh, team camaraderie and and all this stuff. Nowadays, I'm I'm surprised that. They even do it with all the high-tech facilities that they've got at their own place. Um, I like the old-school way, but with advertising and everything in dollars, most teams are you know, either staying at their facility or they've got a really high-tech training camp, which I don't think Washington necessarily has. If you've been to Richmond, it's not that great. But anyways, they're going there for a week. They had their uh, OTAs, which again, we go back to the stupid voluntary, non-voluntary thing, and folks tweeting about who's there and who's not there. Yeah, uh, yeah. Chian, let me start with you. I don't care if Chase Young's not there. It doesn't mean anything to me yet. It's good for clicks. It's good for discussion. And if I'm Chase Young, I'm just like, dude, this is ridiculous. Uh, your thoughts, A, on training camp for a week in Richmond and OTAs, do they mean anything to you? Because for me, they don't mean jack squat. I am trying to block out the noise from the media in terms of the beat writers. I don't like to just use that blanket term, the media. Beat writers for the NFL teams that hype up these guys catching passes, not in traffic. Those are the kind of things that don't exactly excite me. Um, But it's. I think that, listen, if you're a team that is trying to build something, and I'm putting my coach's hat on here, but we're doing training and it's not considered – mandatory but the guys that are coming out that means something Mm -hmm. they are buying in now in Mm. early june so i do take stock into it and chase young at this point is a leader so i'd like to see him out there playing and one thing about richmond it's been a while since i've been there but before the pandemic the edm scene was starting to really come about there so so frank i don't i i think you might be underestimating them a little bit Mm -hmm. i think i heard they got some good roof deck bars there He would go to that. That's funny. That's funny. Now, I went, I went there like two or three years ago, and I wasn't like blown away by it. It was like a brand new facility. and uh, But again, we're it's, spoiled up here. Yeah, we're, mean, right. Exactly. Here. Exactly. Uh, Jamal, you're more of the guy who's paying attention to these uh, events out at, at Washington Football <laughs> Park or whatever it's called. <laughs> I, you know, I, I don't want to get too high or too low about these OTAs. Yeah, you know, it's it's for me, it's looking at uh, rookies and new additions. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing, and, and I'll go to the thing about people talking about Chase Young being it. First of all, people, it's a pandemic still. This is not the same as before. And the thing is, the guys that we have in this locker room, this is that a, a, a Albert Hainsworth group with people that, you know, just looking for checks and, you know, no. This, oh, the, do you see you get no clips of Chase Young at a club or partying or making it rain somewhere, doing whatever on TMZ? That's not the case. I'm pretty sure, I'm, I'm probably almost certain that whatever these guys are, they are working where they are 
and we we've seen of course you know i know frank how you feel about the workout clips but it's only been like one or two from him and as it's not a uh you know a, a, another situation that we had with a quarterback a year ago but at the same time these guys are working i have no uh qualms with what they're doing i know that when they show up or when chase shows up since we, that's the big name people are throwing out there he will be prepared he will be ready to work uh this is a different regime this is also a different mindset of players in their locker room and you know these guys are not out at the club they're not you know they're not at the vicinity they're not they're there for a reason but we're in a pandemic and people also have to realize the this is this is their livelihood they have to make sure that they are comfortable first of all coming out and being in that environment with the team with what's going on and even though people are getting vaccinated whatever you choose to do and you know people are kind of getting loose we're not out of the woods so i have no problem and a lot of other teams a lot of their players are not showing up right i mean they had what we had about 80 something players Mm -hmm. so i mean if if you don't choose it's still voluntary now if you go if we're going to sit here in judgment then 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 make it a whole thing voluntary so then you can really say if it's involuntary then it's involuntary right you don't have to show up Mm -hmm. but i have no problem with him not being there he's not a person that thing is going to come in and be overweight out of shape that's just not who he is and it's not the makeup of this team but when it comes to the mini camp uh i'm just i'm looking at you know the rookies uh some of the the the, the patterson and guys like that and and just the relationship that you build between a vet like fitz uh patrick coming in and you know what some of these young guys are looking like it really means nothing and you you're right you know it's 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 almost like uh you know the underwear olympics like you know you call the combine but you you just look for certain flashes in players for i'll give you for instance jimmy moreland we did we, okay this little short guy we got mm-hmm. that's where he started to make his name making plays in otas and mini camps and things of that nature and uh the kid they just drafted from since a lot of these young guys mm-hmm. are starting to you know show flash so i i look at stuff like that but i'm put a whole lot of stock in anything coming from uh the vets it's more about the rookies mm-hmm yeah, I, I, I'm curious to see again how um, you know this offseason shakes out for this team in terms of getting ready for second year of Ron Rivera, right? Because mm-hmm. seven and nine push the Bucks a little bit. There is absolutely no question that this franchise is building something. Hopefully, it will continue to be yeah. in the positive and right direction. Uh, but yeah, certainly the way that they are. Uh, preparing and getting everybody for the most part out to OTAs is a good sign, Gian. I mean, if you are a betting man, which I know you are, I forget. Mm-hmm. It's now what? 17 games, right? What's the <laughs> 17 games next year? What's the over under on wins for this team next year? Do you know off the top of your head? Eight and a half? Seven? Nine? I think you're right in that range, yeah. sure, without looking at it. And when Jamal my counterpart here, and I would say the show's beat writer. He is incredibly clued in. Um, well, I, I will check that out. But, but without looking, I'm going to guess eight and a half is okay. the over-under on that one. And I say that because Ryan Fitzpatrick is somebody that I think will be great for this offense in terms of just getting the playmakers, Terry McLaurin, 
And really, whether it wants to be Antonio Gibson or McKissick, mm -hmm. these are guys that can get in space, make plays, and Fitzpatrick will get them the ball. He's going to have his clunker games, but so did Joe Flacco in his way to 2011 Super Bowl. I mean, this is a stopgap, but I think it's a pretty good one. And it's just crazy because, Jamal, how long have we been talking on shows like this? I mean, do we ever – actually, no. We I feel like we have optimism. And then it slowly chisels away and we start getting negative. Yeah. But around this time, are we always about the most optimistic? No, no. It, <laughs> Maybe it, I am. You know what? I think we are, but I am at a diff it, it feels different. Like I, I saw a clip of, of Revert mic'd up uh yesterday. And the, the whole thing is 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 different. And I agree with what you said. And it's not just about Fitzpatrick. Uh you gotta look at the draft picks in Cosme and right. uh, uh, Deami Brown and guys like that who can fill in. And then you bring in uh, Deami can stretch and, and yeah. Ron pointed that out. He's going to be kind of their stretch guy down the field. Right, because you got to understand and we've said this before, Curtis Samuel will be literally everywhere. Yeah, I should have mentioned and, him, of course. And, and, and Turner said last week they want to get uh, Gibson more catches. So you have a if you look at how this situation is set up, uh, you can have all three of those running backs, well, quote unquote running backs, because you can put Curtis Samuel in the backfield as well. You're gonna hit McKissick and uh Gibson out there at the same time. With then you have don't forget about Humphreys in the slot. That's your true slot guy. Yeah, uh, we'll we'll see what the Simses do. Uh Cam Sims is descending. We can see if Steven Sims bounces back as he was pressing a lot last year. That injury really, really put him out of his element. And he, he really did not build upon that rookie season. But I'm looking at some of the additions they made in the offseason. Look at the defense, though. You where are we at, though, Jamal? I'm sorry to interrupt you, yeah, but yeah, I just yeah. – where are we at with the line? I, I think that will dictate that, – that's I, why I, the Bucks won the Super Bowl. I mean, right. Tom Brady, of course, but, like, they protected for him so well. Where are we at with the line? I think the line is I think the line is actually solid and and getting rid of Moses was a surprise. Nobody really saw that coming. Uh but when you look at it like I was I was shocked at first because it really didn't make any sense. You would think there'd be a move that would be made next year. But I think they realized that they didn't draft Cosme there for no reason in the second round. And then you bring in Leno from Chicago. Yeah. Who is an all star? Uh, it's it's a all pro a, a pro bowler rather. Excuse me, thing in basketball. <laughs> but it albeit a one year deal, and then you also have Schweitzer and the other guys that you have that filled in uh, well last season. That line is 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 well rounded. Then people forget about Charles from last year from out of LSU. So yeah, is he, he healthy? healthy? Is he healthy? I mean, it was he the knee. He is healthy right now. But All see, right. what, what they're doing with him, you solidified other tackle positions. Now you have more versatility because, remember last year, that little bit of snaps he had was at guard in that only game that he played and went down. So now he's developing into guard depth, and then you also have swing tackle potential because he's very talented. You you draft the Ishmael to go behind Rulier. That line is actually very deep. And you get rid of Christensen, he wasn't going anywhere. 
uh moses when i look at that i, I deduce that you you just were not going to pay him next year when it's up you're just not going to pay him so i think now they're just cutting bait early and go with the young guys that they had the line is looking solid i'll ask you this as a uh and i thought this was a good addition as a dolphins fan the addition of bobby mccain that can play safety and nickel for what i've seen of him and plus he's a captain then they're yeah. only they're also bringing in guys that not only are high talent guys the high character guys so as a dolphins fan what did you see of bobby mccain he was a player for this team that was solid. I just wonder that at age 27, um, you know, why was the why were the Dolphins okay with kind of letting him go? Right. I, I would say that in terms of uh, the reason I kind of asked you actually going to the Dolphins uh, about the offensive line is because that is a position of concern that I have with Miami. I still don't know that they can protect. Tua to really make a true judgment on just how great he is. Um, and I, and I always go back to Joey Harrington too. I'm not saying Joey Harrington was anything oh great, but like, but, but like, <laughs> he just, he has like Patrick Ramsey next. Well, just <laughs> guys who did car guys who never yeah. had lines and I'm being extreme here. I think the Dolphins right. is better than those, but um, you know, that's the, the just the line just being so important and uh, yeah. but Bobby McCain yeah I mean 2015 draft pick uh been in the league a couple years now um fine addition it's always good to have depth in the secondary because these guys can go down and then I've seen at times you know like the Eagles and late in seasons having to go down to their like fourth and fifth cornerbacks and just getting torched in these games so any sort of depth you have on that side deep in the back end is good and not really knowing what you're going to do with uh Collins at this point yeah well you, you have the, I mean but you know what that is a they're in a position where you have an exorbitant amount of talent that let, that's a luxury to have what are we going to do with Landon Collins like he's a very talented player but to the line, and, and I get I know you're about to interject, Frank, real quick. But to get back to your point about this line, the difference between this line and Miami, we're not protecting a young quarterback. Yeah. So you're talking about with Miami, what are we doing to and, and all the guys that you Harrington and Carr, what are we doing to protect this young franchise quarterback going forward? We don't have that yet. Yeah. We have an old vet that it'll be exciting it's not going to be alex smith won't be checked down charlie he will let it fly and he's got the receivers and tight ends to go to to do it and then you know behind the ken allen they're secure enough in the system too if if you know i i predict fitzpatrick you know he may not make it past week six but either one of those guys if healthy they know the system enough but you know the the young quarterback is not yet on his team and that's to be seen uh, you know, next year and going forward. Mm-hmm. But that's the difference between this line and that line. And I think they have enough to protect and let their playmakers be play- – they have enough to spread the field for anybody. And Fitz will just – he'll do what he do. And then when he starts uh, – goes from six touchdowns to six interceptions, uh, they'll bring in Allen Heineke. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I, I do want to ask you guys this because it's still out there. It's still that big question mark, and we really haven't touched on – uh, Aaron Rodgers that much speaking of a big name but I, I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to play for the Packers ever again I think they'll they'll trade him 
They'll probably play uh, chicken, game of chicken, and, and ultimately yeah. I think Rodgers is going to win and be on a different team uh, next season. Uh, Chian, what do you think is going to end up there? Because it is one of the biggest uh, fascinating offseason stories in the NFL right now. I don't – there's only a couple of teams really out there that could make his contract situation work. So I still think this is posturing. I still think that there will be – a new deal done for Rodgers that basically guarantees more payments later on. And then they're just going to create another problem for themselves. Why do we have Jordan Love on this roster? Because now we're investing even more so in Rodgers and just delaying uh, uh, the guy that we think is the future. And I saw that the head coach there, uh, Matt LaFleur, was talking about how you know Jordan Love is coming along and progressing and was speaking, you know, that could be amplified potentially if Roger, but I just don't see it. I don't see Rogers leaving. I think he makes it work. One of the you know marquee franchises in the sport of football. And where are you going, man? I mean, you got the one of the best receivers out there too with Devontae Adams. Just make it work. And I don't think he's going anywhere. Stranger things have happened, but uh, you know you you raised a good point. And I also saw that it, it seems like the Packers are also shedding salary so i don't know if they're they're amping up the, to, to give Rodgers a huge uh extension but that would be counterproductive to love uh, yeah but you, you drafted pretty high for a quarterback um like i said stranger things have happened there are certain places that would i'm gonna tell you like this as much as you know mayock and company says they like car you don't think they'll sell the farm for Aaron Rodgers, uh, the Saints are not. You, you think they're really content with that situation they have right now? I don't think so. I think there are other places that, and right now you play. They're, they're playing like George, like uh, excuse me, like Frank said. It's a leverage game. It's a game of chicken. Right now, if anybody is sees anything online, Aaron Rodgers is unbothered. He's living his best life. He's out. He's chilling. He's yeah. not at OTAs. Yeah. He's he's in Hawaii. He's living it up. He's singing uh, songs with friends, and he's having a good time. <laughs> he's not worried about it. So, <laughs> I, 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 it could go either way. But we have seen some very strange things happen in sports when it comes to marquee players that we thought would not be moved or could not be moved. If someone is able to pony up. We're, we're going to see one soon because Julio Jones is going somewhere mm-hmm. soon. Mm-hmm. So if someone like Julio yeah. Jones and it's played his entire career in Atlanta, just like Rogers plays entire career with the Packers is a pillar of that franchise and has given his best years to that franchise is a big reason why that franchise made it to a Super Bowl. And then with Rogers won a Super Bowl. If he can be moved, albeit, yes, he's a wide receiver. But I would say that Julio Jones is just as important to what he's done over his career with Atlanta almost as much, almost, because he's not a quarterback, almost as much as Aaron Rodgers. And if he can be moved. All right, we got to switch gears and talk about the uh, Washington basketball team. The Wizards just got knocked out 
in five games by the Philadelphia 76ers, a series in which uh, star guard Bradley Beal said, oh, I really felt like we could have pushed them to seven, which was sort of laughable because only two games were really competitive. Uh, the one that they won in game one. And Jamal, the season's over. And the fact that the team has not made a change with the coach immediately following the season is 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 quite uh, embarrassing and almost offensive to the few Wizards fans that are left. Uh, you're showing your hand by saying the players really have a lot to say in terms of who remains as the head coach. And that's not the way it should be. Scott Brooks is still hoping to return. I don't think he should. I don't think you can bring him back. And if you do bring him back, you're going to get the same old results. Look, Jamal, they gave up 129 points in an elimination game when the Sixers didn't have their best player, their top scorer, and you still give up 129. So if they can bring Scott Brooks back again, I don't understand what they expect to be different next season. It's a total joke. He's done his five years. You paid him his $35 million. Now it's time for Scott to go somewhere else, relax, and chill. Wizards need to bring in a new face, new identity, a whole new coaching staff. I I think you don't disagree with me. No, I don't. And anybody that has listened to this this show and this podcast, uh, anytime that we talk about the Wizards for probably the last five years, maybe four, because I may have given the benefit of the doubt uh, the first one. I've been banging the table for this dude to be going a long time ago. Uh, This, I don't, it it makes sense that, yeah, he should be going after five years. But Ernie Grunfeld was here for 16 years with what to show. Not a damn thing. So uh, do I, is is it the right move? Yes. Do I have confidence that uh, Ted and company will make it? I don't know. And that's that's what gives me Paul. That's what makes me nervous is the fact that the move has been there in front of you for a long time. But I'm not sure if you have the cojones to pull that move. Uh, We have showed that you have a young team. And the new GM has and maybe he's not so quick because I don't not sure how, you know, how warm his seat may be so maybe right. he's not so quick yeah. to say something about brooks because they might be a package that they might have be on the same flight out of town did you hear that they had the same agent which is sort of awkward oh wow brooks well, and and shepherd are the same really? agent yeah yeah no, i didn't know that that's, i didn't know that gms had on the conflict agents <laughs> on the conflict <laughs> And I know that a lot of times coaches and players and, you know, they, you know, with, with representation, they overlap. But that right there is direct. I can fire you, but we represented by the same guy. That is, that I did, wow. For you, you dropped the ball on me, Frank. Yeah. Oh, you didn't know that? Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, I, I didn't know that. Uh-huh, yeah. But my, my other point with, with him is... uh From what I Scott Brooks and people like to give him credit for uh, OKC, has he really coached? Like, if you think about it, like, how much has he really coached, or has he really just ridden the coattails of talented players? You had three future NBA uh, all uh, uh, MVPs, right? With a young Serge Ibaka, you had everything going your way. You couldn't win with that. 
and they got to a certain point. But if they got to a certain point with their talent, shouldn't your coaching have pushed them over the edge? It you would have thought. You would have thought. So now we're back with this, and you have Bill, and you have – and let me just say this. Bradley Bill, when he first started his career, was very talented, uh, was more of a three-point shooter, but in my opinion, for the most, he was Mr. Glass. But he has become like the other night. I, I was like, my God, his what is not a whole lot he can do. He's been he's a very well-rounded player. Uh, Westbrook is 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 who he is and what he does. He you know he you up and down with Westbrook sometimes. Sure. But what else did Scott Brooks when Shepard went to? The rest of these guys are young players to be developed. We're talking about Rui, Gafford. Uh, you know, you have your you you have your, a, a couple of mixed in bets in there, and but you have some young guys that you did. Bonga was was starting at the beginning of the season. Am oh, I God. wrong? Yeah, he was. Yeah, he's been on a milk carton for a month. Yeah, terrible. And there's Bertans, and that was a terrible signing. Yeah, no, they can't get hard. out of that. No, he's untradeable. Think about this: they were they were, they wanted two first round draft picks for him last year, and they probably got offered. Maybe they did. Maybe they didn't know they got offered a first rounder. Eighty mil to opt out. He opted out. Got his payday. Okay, cool. I was not mad. We had the conversation. I wasn't mad at him for that. Got your conversation. Cool. Come on back. When you come back, now you're talking about your conditioning. What the hell have you been doing? Right. You opted. You said, no, I'm not going to the bubble, which means you're perfectly healthy. There's nothing wrong. <laughs> and he was, Otherwise, I would have said he was. And he was hurt like three or four times, and then he then he's hurt to miss it, the rest of the season. Uh, I don't. Uh, yeah. It's, but, but going forward, you have pieces going forward. Uh, I don't know what's going to go on with Bill's decision. Uh, I believe uh Westbrook's contract is either up next season him and Wall have the same identical deal. Yes. So I think maybe it's one more season if I'm I think he's got not... two. Two? Okay. Yeah, I think he's got two. So you, you have a decision to make there. But then you have Rui and Gafford. You have some young guys that you can build around. Uh Neto was a hell of a pickup. But you know you gotta you gotta bring guys like that back. Uh, ish is ish. Uh, Lennon Lopez, eh? <laughs> you know I, I'm not yeah. sure. That, and this is what got me is is that he said Gafford was playing ten to twelve minutes because he was carrying two sixty. So Lynn and Lopez are are they felt they're light? Right, they're right. Talking about that didn't make it look sense. like that. Whatever two sixty he got on didn't did not look like it held him back at all to me. You want an athletic big, you got one. But this man in Scott Brooks, he's not a developer of talent. And if you keep Shepard and he wants to go in a direction where he wants to continue to build with young players and make trades for younger players, like he did with with Bogner and, and Bonga cool if you want to do that fine but you have to have somebody that is a, a developer of talent you know i've said about cassell been banging the drum for that i'll say this and this is the statement that i had never thought i would say if you want to follow in the footsteps of what ron rivera and the washington football team are doing in terms of adversity 
I would hire Becky Hammond right here today. Right. Oh yeah, no, it doesn't matter if they can win. It, it doesn't matter who you who you hire, I, I, and de- and you got to develop. You 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 watch every game, but I I mm-hmm. dare to say mm-hmm. that if Becky Hammond had coached this team, they might have gone the seven that Bill thought they would have <laughs> because he comes from a system where they develop young talent. Right. Right, and like Rui Hachimura should have been. He showed flashes, but he should have been yeah. consistently in his flashes. Should have been yeah. more dominant when he, when he was, he was great. And then they just get away from him. So, but see, you know what? But you also have a coach that looked like he picked some lineups out of a hat. It looked like they played Duck Duck Goose to decide who's or played Bingo who's going to start. How many lineups did this headless man gone through? Doesn't matter the roster. The entire five years. Nothing has been consistent. The first couple of, of, of maybe a month or two mm-hmm. into the season, okay, you're still trying to figure out what you have. You cannot be past the all-star break still trying to figure out who's who. <laughs> and then when someone plays well, mm-hmm. remember back when they had some success with Wagner starting? Oh, I know. I remember and that. Then, it felt like years ago now. Oh, my God. And then now, you know, he's in witness protection. I know it's he strange. tends to do that a lot, uh-huh. and I, and you know what? It was one time that I saw. I think it was the uh, post game, and I might have mentioned this before. And Jason Smith actually praised uh, his lineups, and I'm looking like at the TV like, man, mm-hmm. you were one of the guys that he put you on a milk carton <laughs> often. Oh yeah, like I, oh, to the yeah. point where I, I to the point sometimes I thought Jason Smith was injured. Because I was like, man, he's he played great yeah. the last three games. Yeah. And where has he been for the last two weeks? <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Garrison Matthews was, was starting. Oh, Remember my, that? You know, didn't, didn't sniff the postseason. He was in that, there in garbage time. The yeah. When when you lose three points, okay. Bertans is out. Cool. Gil Gil has, has, has shown flashes, but if you're missing a three-point shooter, yeah. who is the next guy off the bench that is going to provide more three-point shooting ability than anybody else you have on your bench? It's Garrison Matthews. Mm-hmm. And plus, he does more than just shoot. He's not necessarily a one-trick pony. No, he's not bad, but he didn't play. So, again, it just goes to show you, like, your point about rotations – not starting uh, Gafford until the eleventh hour when they were down three zip. <laughs> they got to make a change. We'll see what happens. Um, it, it's it. They just. It's been what forty some years since they they were even close to an NBA Finals. So the fact that they want to stay the course is just maddening and, and should not should not happen. That'll do it for the DMV football roundtable for Jamal Bowens, Chris Chion, Frank Hanran. Thanks for checking us out. We'll talk to you soon.